0: From recruiting and consulting firm Riderflex, I'm your host, Steve Urban, and here is your RyderFlex episode of the day. And on today's episode of the RyderFlex podcast, we have guest Sean McGillivray. He's the producer and president of McGillivray Freeman Films, a privately owned production, distribution, and marketing company that creates IMAX films, educational outreach, and programming for IMAX theaters around the world. They've created five of the top 10 highest grossing IMAX films, including Everest, To Fly, and The Living Sea. Sean McGillivray on the Rider Flex Podcast. Very cool to have you on the show, Sean, thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Great story. I did a bunch of homework on you and your dad and the company and the films. Really cool stuff, man. You're the first, like, real-life Hollywood person we've had on the show, so that's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't call myself Hollywood, but all good, yeah.
0: I mean, hey, if you get to talk to Springsteen about putting music on one of your films, then I'm immediately I'm a fan, right? That's pretty cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's, he's amazing. That, that, was, that was pretty amazing we were able to do that.
0: Will you tell the listeners a little about yourself uh, for those that don't know you personally, you know, some family, early life stuff, where you grew up, things like that before we get into the company, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, no, totally Steve. Uh, so, you know, I grew up lucky enough to go all over the world. Um, you know, my dad, so much of, of my family life and my Business life are intermixed. My my dad started the company making circles back in the late sixties, early seventies. Those did well enough where he was like, "Oh my gosh, I can do this for a living." He then went to Hollywood and worked the lights at Stanley Kubrick. Did the opening of the shiny where the car goes up to the crazy hotel, and then got tapped by the Smithsonian to make their first IMAX film called to Fly. That was in 1976. Uh, there was only four IMAX theaters in existence. Now there's over a thousand. We've done 40 IMAX films ever since, but for me, like 76, I wasn't born yet, so, you know, back in the 80s, I was lucky enough, I got to go on location all over the world with my parents, um, cheap extra in a lot of these movies, Um, you'd see the little blonde-haired kid kind of like running around in the background, and then you keep on seeing him, and same with my my sister, who's three years younger, and so, you know, I caught the filmmaking bug early, and was like, whoa, my dad has a really cool job, right? If I can figure out if I can figure out how to make this so that it becomes a sustainable business, this would be incredible. Um, And so I went to I went from, you know, grew up in Laguna Beach, uh, went from there to Emory University, Atlanta, Georgia, um, did a economics business degree, and then went to uh, right after that to USC for film school and okay film school i mean this was usc is incredible it's it's one of the best film film schools in the country um amazing professors incredible talent around you like the the the, the people that you're working with are just so smart but it's interesting because it's like you know yeah. the first thing they say when 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 you get in is, is they go you know congratulations you made it it's one of the top schools in the country um we know every single one of you wants to be a big-time director and probably none of you will become a big-time director <laughs> <laughs> you're like
0: okay
1: found that bubble great yeah. but, but um
0: but you're you're yeah. telling me you, i mean did they know who you were did, did any of the professors know your dad were they like oh well this 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 guy sean he's already he's already been trained he's already been educated on this stuff
1: yeah so so most of them knew knew my dad to some extent, but, but, you know, a lot of those, a lot of the people are, are not just, I mean, there's a few documentarians that are there and then, and then a lot of narrative. And, and so, and so it's, you know, they, they look at it like, you know, they're going, they're going to teach you how, how best to tell stories that inspire and provide incredible emotion. And, and that's fantastic. Like that, that is what I, I learned and I learned that from my dad as well um and uh okay a- incredible program having said that it's it's i don't think you have to go to film school to, to to do do this as a lip and um i learned the majority of business as it relates to film outside of it like
0: i would yeah, um, i would i would, I would yeah. think so were you were you working for your dad through school working I'm, I'm guessing you did you worked your way through school as well yeah
1: yeah i mean i was i was um I was working with my dad on, on, I did a lot of our, what we call now like behind the scenes pieces. Like I'd be that, that, you know, that, that again, I mean, I was uh, back when I was young, pretty scrawny kid. Well, I'd be that scrawny kid with the camera, like getting in people's faces, trying to make some, some cool, you know, behind the scenes stories. Cause a lot of times, I mean, sometimes it's, it's even more interesting hearing how we made the film in the actual film just because you know there can be so many crazy stories around okay how difficult it was to get that shot you know what was it like when we were with the polar bear and the polar bears two cubs in on this giant icebreaker and and were you and were you you freezing you're freezing you're free i mean you're you're totally (laughs) freezing you know you're if you if you get too close to the polar bear i mean the polar bear can obviously eat you right um it's a you know you don't you don't talk about the filmmaking stuff when you're when you're actually in the film unless you can interweave that somehow into the film and a lot of times we don't do that. So
0: I'm always I'll, wondering you know, that. I'm always cool wondering stories. that. Yeah, yeah, I I always think about those things. I'm like, well, aren't those bugs driving him crazy flying in his face? Like how's that cameraman concentrating? Or is there a guy with a rifle that's like aimed at the polar bear just in case they charge? I'm always thinking about those. Those those little things like that. Or do they have is there like an automobile running a hundred yards behind them with the heater on and they run over there and warm up and then come back. <laughs> there's
1: all, there's always something, even though like we, we play, we have a lot less, I'd say movie magic than than what's in Hollywood, but you know, for our film national parks adventure, uh, which it sounds like you just saw last night, we, we um we filmed these frozen waterfalls on uh, mm-hmm. uh, in pictured rock uh, national lakeshore in upper Michigan and saw that, incredible. It was so cold while we were doing it. We had this big IMAX camera with film in it. Um, It doesn't like the cold. And so what we'd do is we'd, we'd film and then we'd put a big tent on top of the camera and we'd have a heater inside so that the camera was like toasty and warm while all of us were freezing on the outside. And I mean, there's always little stories like that.
0: I saw the the lady, the actress. Um, I can't remember her name in the film, but there was one point where she she was trying to climb up that ice hill, and she just she's like, hey, "I can't. My 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 fingers are, are pretty much frozen. Like I have to come down."
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that was Rachel Pohl, who I absolutely love. She's amazing, um, and yeah, I mean that that was a scene where she she hadn't done that many uh, expeditions around ice climbing, and it was. I mean, it was below, it was like probably neg, maybe negative 10 or so uh, this was Fahrenheit. So, I mean, we're talking cold and, you know, she's up there, you know, with, with hardly any, any, any type of clothing because she's climbing and you get, you get hot very fast. Um, But then you have to wait for us because, you know, we got to get our shot like all ready to go. And so, you know, she's up there in her, her fingers, and she's like, "Okay, I got to come down." And so she came down, and and um, uh, you know, it was it was one of those where you're like, "I can't believe you're even able to do what you did, Rachel." <laughs> like, I I I mean, it's incredible what you're able to do. Um What's but the she's what's the, she's she's a fantastic fantastic human being. Um, what, what's the
0: what's the scariest moment you've been in? Like, I, I mean, personally, have you and. And your dad, or has somebody on the film crew almost been attacked by an animal or almost fallen off a cliff or anything super crazy you want to share?
1: Um, I mean, so my dad's got a lot more stories than I do. Like, he's, <laughs> he's got some, he's got somewhere, you know, he's, you know, he did a film, I was there for it too, uh, called The Living Sea. And he was flying um, all over Palau. And Palau, if, if you haven't heard of it, it's incredible, like these 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 small green islands amongst this like blue uh azure uh just in, in, incredible ocean, and you can actually see the reefs underneath because it's so clear the water um, and he was flying in this plane and they were they were filming, and so you know he's actually he's doing more of of looking off to the side because he was filming in another plane, and the the pilot started looking off the side with my dad instead of looking in front. And he looked up, my dad looked up, luckily, and saw that all what he could see through the cockpit was just straight up green, meaning they were going directly into the trees. And I mean, they would have immediately died. And he yelled to the the pilot who was actually still looking back at the other plane, trying to, you know, stay together and, immediately pulled up and they they clipped a, a few of the trees and so that's probably wow. his most most scary most scary time you know he, he's had others like um it, you have to be incredibly careful and there's there's a certain amount of risk uh with with everything that you do as far as as far as filmmaking but i'd say uh you know that was an, a total fluke and it's it's one of those where where you know, when we go out and shoot, we, you take as many precautions as you can. We're probably the most risk adverse of, of a lot of these other companies that are out there. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, mm-hmm. you just got to be, you just got to be so careful, um, uh, especially year, when you're doing any type of venture filmmaking.
0: What year did your dad and his partner start at 67, 61? What year was it? Founded the company?
1: Yeah, so, so I mean, to that point, like, you know, my, my dad started, started making those surf films back the, in the late 60s, early 70s. I mean, he's, he, he started doing it while he was in high school. Um, wow. And, uh, but his first film to fly uh, for the Smithsonian, which is, it's actually still playing the Smithsonian today. Um, and it's, it's really held the test of time. Um, you know, he did that with his partner, Jim Freeman, and Jim never got to see the film because mm. he passed away in a helicopter crash, like a week before the premiere. Oh, um, that's. And, I, oh, that's. So yeah, it's that really was sad. More, that and that, was, that was that was my that was my dad's, um, you know, best friend, partner. Um, you know they they were on this big time trajectory, and uh, it it was really it was incredible. Like I wasn't born yet, but it was incredibly difficult for my dad. Mm. Um, and uh, but we've we've kept. You know, my dad owns the company, but we've kept the name in honor of his of his legacy. But also goes to show, just there are risks. There's risks associated with all types of work, but I'd say a little bit more with the with stuff with certain of the stuff that we do. Whenever it involves helicopters and planes, there's there's obviously going to be a little risk.
0: You know, I had this vision in my my head when I was watching some of the old clips. I could almost my vision was your dad and and and, and Jim, right? It was Jim Freeman?
1: Yeah, Jim. Your yep. dad
0: and Jim, like, hey man, let's let's film these surfers and then let's go back to the beach hut and have some drinks and get stoned and watch it all together and like give each other high fives and it'll be cool. And then later on, they're like, wow, that, a lot of people are watching this. I wonder if we could sell this shit somehow. <laughs> That's. A- <laughs> I mean, uh, I will.
1: So it was. I mean, it was. I like a lot. Loved- Oh, I wish I, I I got to be a fly on the wall back then. I mean, <laughs> right. just think like the 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 seventies, being in California at oh. the beach, the counter the counterculture movement. Um, uh, I mean, this yeah. was before people there before people were wearing board shorts across the country. There wasn't there wasn't the Quicksilvers of today. Um, uh, they were really they were the renegades, and and um, cool. and being able, you know, he would. He would shoot the film, and then he'd do the guerrilla marketing of, of basically renting out an auditorium, and that might be, you know, a church, it might be a school, whatever. Um, and then he's got to market it, and so he would he would post all these, you know, uh, you know, pamphlet signs up across across the city, um, and he would just crush it. I mean, there'd be lines out the door. Everybody would be watching the film. They come in. It was a lot of these guys were just the, were just hippies that were like you know yeah. learning how to surf too um and uh and at, what was funny too is he would show the film but he'd be actually narrating it in real time
0: that's so good awesome,
1: awesome. that's so awesome and he had okay yeah he had, he had to actually train himself because he used to have a higher voice he had to train himself in the mirror to have a lower voice because it sounded too high at first and now he's actually got a
0: very low voice um, and, his, uh, and his and his girlfriend yeah. or wife it was girlfriend your mom well that was, was my like, mom man was it his girlfriend or wife at the time she's wasn't she doing tickets at the front door so she's selling the tickets and he's like narrating in the audience <laughs> that's pretty good
1: you got the story yeah. yeah yeah he so so my my mom and dad were 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 sweethearts in high school and cool uh, both grew up together. I, they, 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 went to the same high school. Um, and so, yeah, she would, she would be at the ticket counter and, uh, you know, she, she would be getting, getting all the dough, getting all the money. Um, <laughs> and, uh, they, they, they end up, they, they were really together and there was a tiny bit of a break in college. She went to Cornell my dad stayed and went to UC Santa Barbara. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, they married at, at 35 and, you know, they've been together since um, pretty much since high school. So, yeah, they're still going strong and, you know, they're still going strong. And, and you know, my dad's still uh, incredibly involved, awesome. very creative, so fun to work with. Um, he's uh, yeah, he's I mean, he's he's just an honor. It's just awesome to be able to well, work with him.
0: That's nice of you to say, but I do have to ask you, you know, just working with family in general, and I've been around Mm -hmm. it, I've seen it. I mean, I've heard lots of stories. I mean, your mom's involved, right? Your sister's, and your sister still works for the company too, I think, right? And so, you know, I I know there's got to be a few bumps in there where you're like, damn, I wish I wasn't working for my dad today.
1: (laughs) Uh, So, so we, I mean, it's a, it's it, absolutely, it's a family company. Um, you know, my, my dad, my mom, my sister, um, come in all the time. Um, uh, we have 30 people, you know, 30 creatives here, here in Laguna beach. Um, but it, it's interesting in it, you know, I, I, uh, I'm part of YPO. So like a lot, I don't know. Have you heard of YPO? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so, you know, like you, as part of that organization there there's a lot of family companies as well um i think what sets us apart and why we are so well together is you know my dad my my dad is incredibly open and pragmatic to 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 new ideas and to also just how knowing like okay here's our goal this is what we're out to to do and and we just got to figure out how to get there. And, um, so, and he's, he's been that way throughout. And so mm-hmm. it, it's one of those where it's been, um, yeah, it's, it's worked very well. And, uh, and it's worked very well with, you know, with working with my sister and my mom too, like, like, um, we all kind of the the idea of respecting one another and, and opinions and all that fun stuff. So it's, it's, a uh, you know, they as with any family company, there can be a, a little bit of, of difference of opinions and, and when it comes to creative, it's interesting. Like um I think what what I've brought to the table as it relates to, you know, when we're doing these big film shoots is obviously a generational difference as far as taste. Um, you know, I'm I'm t- typically pushing for for Different music than my dad. Like you can only use, you can only you can only use Moody Blues so many times, Dad. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but uh, and so and, and so we've gotten some like I mean, there's certain there's certain uh certain talent, and I love all different types of music. And there's certain talent is just transcendent. Like you get Bruce Springsteen, completely transcendent. Um, uh, and I also like you know. Uh, you, you look in the parks adventure i love that soundtrack and um you know we have the lumineers we've got brandy have we've got we've got some incredible incredible songs and talent from from all over and uh, and it's 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 an inc- such an important part of what we do um is the music along with obviously you've got to have breathtaking visuals and a great storyline. And what I, what I typically say, because I do a lot of talks around like, well, how do you create great stories? is when it comes to the music, and this is for everybody, like, you know, if you're marketing your, your company on you know, just by using your iPhone, um, if you've done a sequence or a 30-second spot or whatever, and the music, if you feel it and it hits you right here, it's, it's good. But if it doesn't, go try and find some other music.
0: Totally agree. Yeah. I totally, I totally agree. Yeah. You guys do such a great job with the music stuff. And I, yeah, I'm all about that too. The music is what stirs the emotion for me when I'm watching stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's absolutely critical. Will you do this, uh, can you give like um, a McGillivray McGillivray overview real quick for just like a a two minute, like tell us about the company as it stands today, a nice overview and, and you know, and then maybe talk about uh, recent films or anything that's about to release.
1: Sure. Uh, so, the company is Delivery from Films. Um, we're probably best known for uh, producing and distributing IMAX giant screen documentaries, but we basically, we're visual storytellers. We do everything from iPhone to IMAX. We create commercials, we create short-form content, long-form content, um, typically all in the documentary storytelling. Whether it's documentary storytelling for inspiring people to care about a product, Care about uh, uh, a a place, um, uh, whether it's it's telling a fantastic story um, a, about space, about uh, the oceans, about really anything. We that's what we pride ourselves on is is that quality, is that emotional, inspirational storytelling, um, and we have incredible partners. We've got museums and science centers and aquariums all over the world that work with us, that show our films, um, that uh, we then go out and we do a lot of educational outreach um, uh, where we partner with museums and science centers. They reach out to the teachers, have field school trips, come to these museums and science centers. Um, We create a package where you watch the film and then you learn more about the topic around that in that one day. Um, for those teachers uh, and it, and you know when you think about it like right now you know there are certain places where museums and science centers open certain places that aren't but we have these incredible packages like virtual field school trips that are, are ready for for teachers and I'd say educators of all walks of life like we're we've all become an educator now if you have kids um, and <laughs> You know, whether that's our film Dream Big, which is all about inspiring the next generation of engineers, um, uh, whether that's our film National Parks Adventure, which is all about reconnecting to uh, the natural world, um, learning about how important these places are to continue to protect them, and learning about our national park system and how that was created.
0: Um, uh, And at the same
1: time, learning about geology and all that stuff um we put like you can watch the film but then you can learn all these various concepts that are actually core to K through 12
0: How do the topics uh, you know one of my first questions my wife said last night we were you know studying for the, for the podcast and she said well how do they how do they pick the topics how do they pick the subjects and so yeah. how do, do you go for it yeah go ahead
1: yeah so so you know, there's, there's certain passion projects where we just know we want to make, and then I've got to go out and find the funding for them. Um, Mm -hmm. and then there's other projects where, uh, you know, there's either, either a partner comes to us, like we did for dream big, we, we partnered with the American society of civil engineers and, you know, they came to us and they said, look, we need help. We need more women and more diversity in all these engineering firms across the country. Um, there's way too many old white dudes that that are gotcha. you know heads heads of the boards chairman of these of these of these companies and uh, so we need to inspire the youth especially women and minorities and we need to make engineering so that it seems sexy right now it seems like a good job but it doesn't seem sexy um, people are more kids are more into technology we need to make and so we said we've got an amazing platform for that you know we've got partnerships with these museums and science centers we got distribution it then goes to Netflix afterwards um, uh, and we can have fantastic characters that are women that are diverse that then girls look up to and say hey I want to be that when I grow up and okay. uh, we were very when it with that film it's it's still it's still playing in theaters it's, it's playing on Netflix right now um, we had uh, a variety of different ways that that we got um, uh, moms and daughters to come in. We'd have we'd have mother daughter nights um, uh, where we'd have women engineers that were at the museums and science centers, so that after they watched the film, they could then do q and A Q&A with with those women engineers. Um, oh, very good. And all in all, it really I mean it, it was it was incredibly impactful. Millions of people have seen it and uh, 80% of kids that have watched it have said that they want to be engineers afterwards. Now, you know, whether they sure. do that 10 years from now, who knows, but, but at least they got excited about it and sort of thinking about it more.
0: So sometimes and, top, some, you know, sometimes. So, go ahead.
1: Yeah. I mean, what I'll say is like in order for us to do these movies, in order for us to do really any project, we need to go and find funding. Like that, that's mm-hmm. how our business works. And so it's, okay. it's finding corporate partners, it's finding associations, it's finding foundations. It's finding tourism boards, destination marketing organizations, um, uh, sustainable investors, investors that are that are looking at at uh, inspiring or educating the public in some way. And uh, and you know, so for us, it, it's really about finding those partners. Those partners that have those values and those goals. And and a lot of times, it's it's getting that partner for Dream Big. It was. ASCE and also Bechtel Corporation who really uh, put up the funding to make the film and educational outreach happen. Um, And they did it because they did, they wanted to inspire the next generation of engineers. And, um, and I think we were able to do that. And it's continuing to do that.
0: So if I'm watching a a Tom Hanks film, uh, you know, somebody, whoever, whoever, own the screenplay or whatever they're they're getting a a movie studio to back making the film and they're paying for everything but in your case there's not some big giant studio in hollywood that's paying for everything so you're raising the cash either through sponsors that want the film made or people that want to donate is that is that do i have that right
1: yeah so so we've worked with studios before for our film to the arctic we had warner brothers put up the majority of the funding okay but But the majority of our projects are not studio-driven. They're not Hollywood system-driven. They are are associations, foundations, corporate partners, sustainable investors, um, where we are both the production and the distribution company working with our partners Uh, to whatever topic it is, um, educate them, inspire them, entertain them, get them excited about about that topic and potentially about about that company as well.
0: Raising cash then for you is what is that 50% of your job, 75% of your job? How how much of your uh, what percentage of your week is like hey is asking people to write checks?
1: <laughs> so I, I mean the good thing is is I love what I do. Like I okay. I I really like I, I'm one of those where where I love going out and, and looking for partners okay. and, and looking for funding and um, I think the business side of it is really interesting to me I, it'd be it'd be hard to have my job if I didn't find it exciting right. and interesting um, right. uh, so once we get a project I mean making the films a cherry on top I mean that's 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 like okay <laughs> this is great like we're we're ready right. and uh uh, but yeah, a, a big part of my job is finding the partners to make yep. to make these films a reality, um, mm-hmm. and then and then I get to, and then I get to to do the creative afterwards, and and um, we've got a great team of of you know creatives that that help us you know meet that goal.
0: Have you ever um, you're like, hey, Dad, uh, listen, I got yeah, I got the money, yeah, let's go, go ahead and go ahead and send the crew. It's it's cool, yeah, I got I got they told me the money's coming, and then like four days later he's on site and you're like, uh, yeah, you know, that check I told you it was coming in. <laughs> oh
1: man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's one of those where eh, the check's got to clear for you.
0: <laughs> right. It's, yeah. It's the not check. smart. Otherwise. Right. Right. What's the yeah. business is the business model. Um, you guys are getting paid for your services, but you're not owners of the film. Whoever put up the money owns the what's the what's the model look like a little bit
1: yeah i mean each each deal is different um uh yes we we get paid as a production company to make the film uh and then we get a percentage fee on distribution as well uh and uh you know it's it's all over the board how how the deal works as it relates to um you know are we owners in the film, outside of that, um, uh, you know, is it is it a sponsorship versus an investment for a company? Um, are they non-equity or equity? Um, all that stuff. Okay. Um, in the end, though, in the end, though, like for us, it's really about, you know, we just want to have projects and be able to tell incredible stories, and so, uh, and so, you know, we less so around how we get the funds more so around making sure we have incredible partners that we like working with um, and then also delivering on whatever we're looking to do so that we know, we know that the film will do well. Like that's an important part of my job is, is, mm-hmm. is not only, you know, creating a great film, but also educating the client around what it can't be in order for it to su- succeed in this business. Like I can't feel like a commercial, people are buying a ticket for it. Like that's that's a big deal. Can't, it, it's um, it, you know, we've got. It's got to be something that is entertaining as well as just super cool and informative.
0: What's easier, um, a sponsor like Subaru paying for a film or partnering with a big studio like Warner Brothers? What what's uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: no, like I, I think I think each each one, each each partnership is is you know, very unique to the film and, and, and very different. And, um, you know, the, the, the partners that I like the most are the ones that, that do a film with us. It does incredibly well. And they go, Hey, let's do another, let's do another, let's do another. Okay. And we've, we've been fortunate to have a few like those, yeah, even with, uh, you know, the, the, um, you know, these, these, these films are, are, uh, I'd say much less cost than Hollywood, but, but more than your typical documentary.
0: Have you ever gotten the phone call from a studio that says, Hey, we want you to come be the production crew for, you know, a, a, a non-documentary film. Like, Hey, we're doing Die Hard eight. Come, come be the, you know, have you ever gotten one of those phone calls?
1: So, so, you know, my dad, he started early on doing a lot of that. Like when he mm-hmm. went to, when, When he worked with Kubrick on The Shining, that's what he did. Like that, that, that was the exact deal that you just said. It was one where, um, he played, uh, second, uh, he played the, like the second director on the project doing all the aerials. And in the most, and, you know, the, the iconic aerial that he did was, was that aerial of the car going up to the hotel, which, um, you know the, the, you got the creepy music going and incredible <laughs> when he shot it um but um he also did he worked with john millius on big wednesday where he did all of the uh all the surfing footage um so he's done a variety uh in our company's done a variety of work like that i'd say that's not that's not what keeps the door open and okay. when it comes to the company that what okay. what keeps us going and growing is is really, you know, it's it's about finding great clients, great partners and telling fantastic stories, um, uh, you know, whether that's short form content or longer form documentaries. And what's cool about it as it relates to right now um, and and a trend that's been going on for the last eight, 10 years is that, you know, people want authentic documentary storytelling it's true and you're seeing it when it comes to netflix you're seeing it when it comes to streaming partners docu-series um being able to tell stories that that aren't just reality tv as it relates to unscripted um uh more and more people want it and uh audiences are you know when you're at home more and more people are streaming it and so Mm uh us being able to find a, it may not be a big Hollywood studio, but a Netflix, a Hulu, um, Amazon, a, um, a History Channel, a broadcaster, um, a Nat Geo Discover Discovery, to say, hey, you know that pitch that that you you presented to us, we, we want to do that. Let's do it. Um, we have more opportunity than we ever have. That's, uh, that's so
0: that's that's, that's that's
1: that's exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the one I watched, uh, the Natural Parks Adventure, was on Netflix last last night. So that's what happens. It starts out on the big screen, it hits it hits the educators and so forth, and then eventually is going to flow to Netflix. Is that going to be your your pattern for for everything you want? That's
1: that's our that's our pattern when it comes to the films that are theatrical IMAX documentaries to start with. Okay. We also work directly with broadcasters and streaming partners where it's straight to them, where they're I see. they are commissioning it and. I see. You know, we, get, we make money off the production. And then there's also films where it's, we, we go to a, uh, a corporate partner and we say, look, this film is perfect for you. You put up the funding for it, and we've got amazing streaming partners that will then play it. And okay. so that, that's another angle, too, where it's, it's, not, it's not directly through through the distribution model of IMAX theaters
0: is there anything you won't do any topics you you like okay these topics like we can't do anything on these subjects here Uh, have you been pushed I'm sure you've said no to some things can you can you talk about that
1: you know that's a great problem to have wow man I'd, I'd love to have more of that no I mean what I'll say is 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 you know we are we're a small company so it's it's we can only take on a certain amount of work And, and then, and then we've got to, to expand. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those where, where uh, we've got to be, we also need to be selective as to who we work with. Um, And when it comes to, when it comes to topics, um, you know, I think there's a lot of ways to tell stories that may seem not super interesting, incredibly interesting. Um, and it's probably, you know, one of the reasons why we've been so successful is, is, uh, by being smart, as far as characters, by being smart, as far as, you know, really looking for those gyms, those kind of aha moments, um, you can make a topic that's, you know, engineering, like on the face of it, engineering doesn't sound super sexy. That's true. We made it really, really sexy. I was inspired.
0: No, I had now. I have not watched that one, but I did watch the trailer, and the trailer was inspiring. Uh, great job on, on the trailer, and so I need to watch that one. Let Let me ask you this: the company's been around for a long time now. You're running it, so I'm, I'm guessing you're running it, and Dad still like it. Kind of pokes his head in and says, "Well, I actually want it this way." I don't know what the I don't know what the relationship is, but anyway. <laughs> um, are there so much So yeah, go okay. ahead. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, my dad gets to do what he loves to do, which is, is he, he likes to be creative, and so okay, I, okay. and he's an incredible talent, and I, I'm so lucky that he gets to be creative yeah. on the things that he wants to be creative with.
0: <laughs> I want to get you and your dad out for drinks and, like, ask you some more questions around <laughs> all yeah, that fun. at some point. Um, yeah. well, there, are there thoughts to ever sell the company, and have you taken on any investors, or does your dad, you and your dad still just own it outright? What's the, what do you want to share there, if anything?
1: yeah we own it all right we own hundred percent of it um you know we obviously have investors as it relates to those partners and projects right, um, right. uh and uh I mean when it comes to like right we are we we are right now a service oriented company like okay. you know it's 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 not like we have uh, I mean, yep. we do with our films as it relates to distribution, the annual recurring revenue. But a lot of our projects are project based, and so it's okay. it's one of those where where you gotta you gotta keep keep chugging along in order to have the the funding coming in. So um, you know, maybe at some point I'll be able to 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 create something that is more, I'd say, uh, you know, more where it's just. Fantastic annual recurring revenue. Yeah, um, to, to your point.
0: To, to your point, you know, <laughs> service businesses, service businesses, they're hard to they're hard to sell. Really, um, you know, for all the entrepreneurs and and founders and, and and folks listening, I mean, you can you can you can build a great lifestyle business for you and your family for sure. Um, but they are harder to sell at some point, right? Uh, it's true. So you
1: there. So yeah, and there's a variety of ways to bridge that gap. I mean. I mean, one is if you can find, uh, you know, a strategic partner that yeah. want, needs your brand, wants your brand, wants your distribution in a way, so it really makes sense. Um, if you can create your own platform in some way, uh, you know, whether that's, you know, a, a, whether that's a website, whatever it is, where there's a ton of eyeballs, there's distribution there that you know is is you know growing, the numbers are growing, um, you know, it's going to be there uh, over time uh but if it's if you if what you are selling is you and your dad it's a lot harder to sell than than something that's there that, that can be obviously completed or run by somebody else mm-hmm. um, I and i think that. there's there's a there's a lot of businesses that are out there that it's hard to make that jump and yep. and i'd say when it when it comes to us um uh, you know i I'm always trying to grow the company because I think it's way more fun to be hiring people than firing people. Um, And uh, isn't that the truth? Yeah, especially right now. Um, And, uh, and so, and so that, I mean, that's, that's a, a big part of what I'm thinking about and a big part of, of, of how I approach business, but at the same time, our company's built on quality. So it's making sure that whatever you do is, is incredible.
0: I can relate, my friend, Ryderflex Flex being a recruiting and consulting firm. I mean, you know, similar model, right? It's a, it's a service business, and uh, uh, I can relate to everything that, that you just said. Very, very similar. Yep. What's, what's coming up? Tell me, what, what, what's, what are you guys working on right now? What's releasing next?
1: Yeah, so we've got, we've got two films next year that, that are in the pipeline. We'll be releasing probably February, March. Um, one is a film all around Ireland. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, there, there are so many Irish Americans in the U S just over 40 million. Um, and it's, it's really, uh, show creating a film that reconnects those Irish Americans and, you know, people all over the world who have a little bit of Irish in them into this incredible place. Um, and so, so we've, we've been making the film for the last two and a half years um it, it's uh it's an incredible project, fantastic characters that comes out February, March. We're gonna do a big, big event around St. patty's Day. Good. Um uh, you know, knock on knock on wood that you know we have some type of vaccine before that. Um mm. uh but it is interesting, like all of our Canadian theaters are open right now. Um there's 40 cities across the US that are open, um, at, at some type of reduced capacity. So you know being in california i always go really is that true like there's there's actually that many places that are open um <laughs> but uh it, it depends on where you are and, and obviously a lot of places that are less dense as far as populations um mm-hmm. you've got you got more places places opening up the other film that we're really excited about is we're re-releasing our film everest which okay. is the 25th anniversary of the film of of you know, that tragedy in 96, which was documented by John Krakauer's, in it's an air, um, incredible story. I just watched the film again. It's, it stands the test of time, an amazing, authentic, gripping story where not only our cameramen, um, uh, you know, were up there documenting the worst tragedy on the mountain ever, uh, but also played a huge part in the rescue. And, uh, you know, Beck Weathers, uh, he was, was left for dead up on the mountain. Um, it was nightfall. Uh, he, he woke up. Uh, and this is after he climbed it. He, was, he had been coming down, and he just couldn't go anymore. Um, he woke up. You know, it was complete pitch black nighttime. Um, nobody would have ever thought that he'd be able to get back down. And he just started walking. He couldn't see a thing started walking, tumbling, made it into camp for, um, our team was there, was able to bring him farther down. Um, and, uh, he had, you know, frostbite all over his hands, frostbite on his face, but he survived. And, Mm. you know, in the film, if you haven't seen it, um, you know, incredible story. Uh, but he, he, uh, he recounts it and recounts the experience in, um, you know, so we're re-releasing the film. It's called, it's called Everest, the director's cut. And I see. Um, we're scanning the film at 16 K we've got the scanner that we've just put in place. Cause it's, it was all shot in IMAX. Like we were able to take this enormous camera up to the top of the mountain. Nobody had ever done that before. Um, and so it'll look when we show it digitally, it'll look better than ever happened.
0: This is what makes you so great, you and your family, is when you when you start to talk about these stories like you just told, like your passion really comes out. Like, you, it's like you're not just like, oh, I'm pitching my business or I'm selling my business, like, like no, like you're, it really is authentic with your passion around what you're doing and you love the storylines and the, and the emotion that that triggers for the viewer. I love that about you and I noticed that on several of the other interviews I watched with you and I'm, I'm sure that's why you guys are so successful. So I really admire the fact that you you love what you do. You truly love what you do. And that's so important in, in our careers, right? You know how many people are driving around going to listen to this episode, hate what they're doing? I feel, I feel bad for them. If you're listening, you need, to, you need to get into something that you love doing because all you got to do is listen to Sean and that's real passion right there. Very good stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm lucky to do what I get to do.
0: Let me ask you a couple of last minute questions here. I know we're almost out of time. There's two more quick questions, by the way, let me make it three more questions. I always want, I wanted to ask you, do all the cameramen work for you or do you have to, do you like third party contract extra teams in real quick? I I, I wanted to ask that question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have a core group that are, uh, all employees, some of them temporary and then become full and temporary again, all that fun stuff. Okay. Um, and then depending on how big the camera team is and, and what type of shoot we're doing, and we, we'll go up to like, you know, it's sometimes like if, if they are recreations that we're doing from the past, like we'll have like 90 to a hundred people out on set. So, wow. okay. uh, in that, in that circumstance, you know, of, of course we're, we're hiring a, a variety of different people that, okay. that, um, uh sometimes we we've, we've, we've never worked before um okay. but yeah it's it's uh each project's different and um uh it's uh, i mean mm-hmm. each each project each project project you know revolves around its own challenges and opportunities
0: have you thought about doing a documentary on that behind the scenes stuff like okay here's the 90 guys and now we're somebody didn't buy enough food for the tent area and some And now we got all this sh- where's everybody sleeping and john's pissed off because he can't sleep with his wife sally and she's on the trip with him and all this little shit that goes on behind the scenes have you thought about doing something like that
1: i mean that's what i grew up doing that's that that's where that's where i like learned how to how to edit all on right. final cut pro and all that fun stuff <laughs> um uh yeah we so we've never done like a reality kind of tv show yeah, around that. yeah yeah or a (laughs) docu-series around that um but but we do for for every single one of our films we have a lot of stories that that we put out that are you know whether there's three-minute short-form films um up to like a 30-minute uh uh, documentary on the making of um and those are pretty fun to watch like yeah they are uh, people people love those
0: there's several of those on YouTube, by the way, if you guys, for the listeners, if you look those up, those are good. I really enjoy those two last questions. If you could call your 21 year old self going into USC, you what, hold on, where'd you go to film school? You went to you, U, USC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you could call your 21 year old self going into film school at USC, what would you tell him today? If you could give him some advice.
1: Oh man. So much stuff. Um, uh i mean first and I, I i i would love to call them up a lot earlier than that um but i'd start with i mean i start with and i'm one one of the things that i'm probably most passionate about is this idea of lifelong learning. this idea that that every every day you can learn more about a certain subject you can you can grow and um and so what what i tell them like what you learn in K through 12, and even what you learn in undergrad, uh, there's so much more that's out there in books and articles, podcasts. I mean, we didn't have podcasts back then. But I'd, I'd start with read all of Buffett's annual letters. Start with that. Ooh. Read that. Read every single one of them. They make it really easy now. Uh, they make it easy by, by you can just buy it on Kindle. Um, and And then I go from that to read... Charlie Munger's Poor Char- Charlie's Almanac. Read these okay. two things. It'll set you up for life. Obviously, it has nothing to do with filmmaking, but what it does have to do is, is the, it, it, it will position the way you think about business in a new way. And, and even if it's business of who you are as a person, knowing you know, you're an employee at a certain company, but you are your own business. And I'd say now more than ever before, especially in this gig economy, and you can speak to this too, obviously, Steve, um, it's more and more important to be thinking about how you need to grow as a person. Um, because you may not be in a job for the next 40 years. If you're, if you're 2021, 20, 22, right. um, and you know, your best opportunity may be sitting around the corner, you just being an entrepreneur. And so I would have loved, uh, would have loved to have read those books to begin with. Um, I think I got a ton out of SC film school. So glad I went, I wish I'd taken a little bit more, more classes around the business side of that, but I learned it the hard knocks way after coming out. Um, And uh, yeah, I think, um, I think everybody, I think everybody needs to get a TD Ameritrade account. It needs to be, it needs to be thinking about, about what, what type of investments they should be making um, rather than just giving it to somebody
0: else. I
1: think you can learn a lot by listening to quarterly reports, by by hearing what CEOs are saying across various public companies. It's, it's incredible what you can learn.
0: Mm, that's, that's good advice, Sean. Last question. If you had to, at this stage in your life, at this age, based on everything you know, if you had to Put your core purpose in life into a sentence, what would that sound like?
1: Uh, I said it, it, it lifelong learning like the idea the idea of growing every day and being able to share education inspiration to to uh, to youth to, to people of all ages. Um, Because I I think, I think there's never a plateau. I think like you get, you get out of undergrad, like obviously you're just at the start. Um, uh, And we can always, we can always learn more. And there's, there's always something that could potentially make your life a lot better. That's Mm -hmm. already in some book somewhere. And you just haven't, you just haven't read it yet. Um, There's (laughs) so much more that we can learn. Yeah. i like that and that's, that's what's real- so cool i mean that's what's so cool about audible now like the fact that you can yes. be doing anything whether it's listening to your podcast whether it's listening to these these fantastic books that are out there um, you can be doing it you know when you're driving you can be doing it when you're when you're walking when you're when you're at a workout um, and the same thing when it comes to documentaries like you can learn so much in documentaries my favorite documentaries are the ones that not only are emotional inspirational but you learn something
0: Yes. And you
1: become a better person because of it. So uh,
0: that's what I would say. Good stuff, my friend. Excellent. Sean, Thank, thank you so much for being on the Rider Flex podcast. The Rider Flex podcast features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviews. Our show can be heard just about anywhere these days, But you can visit riderflex.com and click on the podcast page to hear all the previous episodes and learn more about the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Contact us at the email address info at riderflex.com or 888-964-5876. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoy our show, please be sure to subscribe to our channel and like the episodes.